live. You can bring up anything you want. Give us a call at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 855-450-FREE. And joining you tonight, it's Julia. Nemi. And Allie. That's right. We uh, we got rid of Ian and Mark tonight. We did. The girls took over. That's right. They are away on a romantic getaway, as usual. (laughs) So we will be filling in. Um, we've got lots to talk about tonight, including cops with serious road rage. But first, we have a phone call. So, all right, we've got Wyatt in Indiana. Hello, Wyatt. Hello. <clears throat> yeah. Hi. Hi. You're on the air. How's it going? Excellent. You? Hi. What uh, would you like good. to talk about? Um, I've never uh, listened to this show before. I was just uh, kind of gonna uh, soak it in for a minute, see what you guys were talking about, but uh. It's like you guys got uh, um, some issues on uh, cop road rage and stuff like that. So yeah. uh, I guess I can add to that, but not um, in the road rage sense. Um, I just wanted to uh, actually report a uh, a good um, law enforcement officer that is uh, in my county. He's our sheriff, and uh, he's uh, well-known for standing up to the federal government and uh, protecting uh, citizens from... Uh, unconstitutional and uh, unwanted uh, searches from the federal government, and uh, he's even threatened to arrest any federal official coming uh, here and violating anything like that, and uh, I think that's a pretty good thing. Yeah, that uh, sounds very nice. I wish we had more cops like that. Can I ask you a question, Wyatt? uh, Yeah. Well, you said that you have never listened before, so I'm curious how you found us. Um, Facebook. Really? Um, Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was under, uh, I was looking under uh, Alex Jones' likes, stuff he likes, and I think you're under there somewhere on some, one of those uh, websites uh, I found you through. Okay, great. Well, Free Talk Live is a show, uh, first and foremost, about your phone calls, so anybody can call in and talk about anything they like. Um, and second, it is a uh, show about liberty. I think all of the co-hosts... We like to talk about issues from a liberty perspective. Would you say that's accurate? I, w- I would say so, sure. Yes. Um, is there anything else you'd like to talk about today, Wyatt? Um, uh, I can't uh, uh, think of anything. Um, I'm uh, going to um, let the show ride out for a minute and then uh, have some opinions on uh, what you guys are talking about. But uh, I'm kind of leading the way here now, it looks like. And uh, that was uh, about all. I, uh, okay, great. Right well, keep listening and give us a call some other time. Thanks. Okay. Yeah. All righty. So I wonder uh, how I wonder if that's like really within uh, who do you say was his chief of police or something? Sheriff. Sheriff. Like, is that within their power to be like, I'm just going to arrest the federales when they get here? I have no idea. <laughs> it would be nice. At, at least if a cop has the um, the nerve to say that to me, right. I like that. But I've never, I, I guess I've never witnessed a cop like that. Yeah, I haven't. But, I mean, good for him if it's true. That's great. That is awesome. So, speaking of cops, this is from RT.com. A New York cop shoots unarmed driver to death. Cutting off a policeman with his car cost a U.S. Army National Guardsman his life. Oh, my God. After getting pulled over by an angry cop Friday morning, the victim was shot to death by the detective while his hands were allegedly still on the steering wheel. <sighs> The New York police detective, 39-year-old 
Hassan Hamdi fired one fatal bullet through an open car window of 22-year-old Noel Polanco, who was declared dead within one hour of the shooting. Polanco was driving himself and two friends, one of which was an off-duty police officer, home after work around 5.15 a.m. After cutting off the cops in their unmarked car, which the trio did not realize was a police car, the three friends were harassed in what they described as an act of road rage. See, it's weird to me that police officers can go around like undercover and unmarked cars and still be able to like I feel like if you're going to if they're going to have undercover cops, they can't be doing the thing where they pull people over. If you're undercover and you're on some right. like, special mission, then no, you don't get to write tickets <laughs> for people cutting you off. You have to just be like everyone else. I don't you can't just be like, "Oh, surprise, you just cut off a cop." Anyone could be a cop, in fact. I mean, that's just crazy. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, You would think, too, if they were undercover, that they wouldn't want to give up their identity. Yeah, he's like, it's worth it. It's totally worth it. (laughs) To to harass some kids who cut him off. Right. The police chased them, sticking their middle fingers at us and screaming obscenities, said 36-year-old Diane DeFerney, a bartender who sat in the passenger seat of Polanco's car. She told the New York Post that with rifles drawn, the police officers pulled over the vehicle and ordered Polanco and his friends to put their hands up. But in an instant, before Polanco had time to take his hands off the steering wheel, he was shot dead. Jesus. Sounds like uh, some cops abusing steroids or something like that. I mean, as far as I know, that's the drug of choice among law enforcement, and it makes people act, you know, ultra aggressive if it's abused right and i think also additionally to steroids just pure adrenaline would Mm -hmm. i mean i think this really does this i know barry cooper said that he was a cop for however many years and he when he drives around and is looking at uh cars in the same fashion he still gets the surge of adrenaline that he got back then I mean, can you imagine what it would feel like to have that kind of power? Somebody cuts you off and you can just pull them over and shoot them in the face? Right. Well, what did it does it include what's happening to the police officer involved? Uh, it says here... Um, Administra- paid leave or something like that? Um, it doesn't say yet. I think they're investigating. Uh, continuing uh. the article, the lady who was sitting next to him says, I heard Polanco gasp. He just looked at me. There was no time to put your hands up at all. They shot in front of my face. Had I moved an inch, it would have been me. Can you imagine if that was you in the car and you had to live the rest of your life having witnessed that, like how traumatizing that would be? And how are you supposed to react around cops from then on? You have the rest of your life to live and you had this experience where not only did a cop shoot your friend for a stupid reason. Well, for no sh- reason. For Yeah, for n- not, <laughs> yeah, basically no reason. And then, I mean, I'm sure the cop felt very justified when he did it. But it's not against, is it against the law to cut someone I don't off? Think, I don't think that. It's bad manners. It's a traffic yeah. violation at best. Right. I don't. Yeah, it definitely isn't. uh, You know, the cop wasn't couldn't claim his life was being threatened, which is what they usually, you know, are supposed to do if they're going to, you know, what what usually happens when they shoot someone is they're like, oh, I was threatened. I was scared. And obviously, I don't even know how they could argue that in this case. Right. Well, there actually is more. They've made up a a little trying to justify it story. uh, But we actually have another phone call. So we'll go to that first. It's Jim in Daytona, Florida. You're on the air, Jim. Hello. Yes, I had called in last night and mentioned what's going on in my town here with the red light cameras. Uh, We have a small town here uh, near Daytona Beach called Palm Coast, Mm -hmm. and we have about 80,000 residents, and we're now going to have 52 red light cameras. And uh, 
today in the news here in Florida. Did you say governor, 80 residents? I'm sorry. Uh, no, we had 80,000. Oh, 80,000. I apologize. And we have 52 red light cameras, which is literally on every corner now. There's a red light camera. Now, today, the governor of the state said that he's going to go along with a plan that will cost the state millions of dollars so that we all have to get brand new license plates within the next 18 months. And these license plates are being redesigned so that they can be better photographed by the traffic enforcement camera. Wow, what a sweetheart deal for the license plate industry. Yeah, so so it's not, you know, it has nothing to do with, um, you know, anything but being able to get a better picture. Uh, the, the article I read said that uh, there's a certain percentage of people that no matter what the technology is, they just can't get a good picture of their license plate because of the design of our plate being sort of, there's like a raised element to the middle of our license plate design. So they're going to make it totally flat and they're going to be changing the colors and getting rid of a lot of the colors that aren't as easy to photograph. So, you know, before long, they'll probably just have some type of a GPS chip in there anyway and uh, be able to track us that way. But that's a Liberty update here from uh, uh, the state of Florida. It's so sad that uh, the state, uh, they have to, what they do is what they're doing here is making modifications that make it easier for them to track citizens, which I'm sure the citizens of Florida don't want, and then they make the citizens pay for it. Yep. Uh, Generate income. Thanks for the call, Jim. We're going to break here. 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. Technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Welcome back to Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Give us a call at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And with you tonight, it's Julia. Nemi. And Allie. And we were talking about cops with road rage. However, we have another phone call. So we're going to go to your calls first. You can give us a call at 855-450-FREE. We've got uh, Ton, is it Tony from New Hampshire? Tom. Tom, okay. Uh, what do you yeah, want to talk about, Tom? Well, I just became aware today about this thing. I don't know if they've discussed it on the program or not, but uh, there was this wedding photographer in New Mexico, and she was real good at what she was doing, namely uh, taking pictures at a commercial photographer, You know, knowing exactly what lighting to use and exactly what lenses and filters to use. You don't just document the event. You try to zoom. They are artists, and her job is to do her best to capture the feeling of the bride and groom. And she was uh, making a living doing this, and they got this call, and it seems that a couple of queers were going to be getting 
married, and uh, they wanted her to do that uh, that wedding too. And she said, "Forget it, no way." You know, I mean, uh, if she's going to be capturing a feeling, she doesn't want to capture a sick feeling. A and, what feeling? Uh, she got, a sick a feeling. Sick feeling. Yeah, because I mean. Let's, it, it is a, a pretty sick feeling. I mean, if you're trying if, to, if, to, if I'm uh, not sure. Why is why is it important to you what other? Why is it important to you what other people do in their bedrooms? I'm sure it's not sick it, to the people getting married. They're not just in a bedroom. They're in. I mean, she's. Uh, they're in a public place, and she's trying to, to take how, your picture. How does that hurt you, them Tom? Lovey dovey in each other, and uh, so but, uh, she does it make you feel funny? Is that what it is? <laughs> You got fined seven thousand dollars by the government, for because that's discrimination. If you're going to serve legitimate people, but you're not going to serve queers, that's discrimination. And uh, you know this uh, all dates uh, from. So the, uh, the photographer didn't want to photograph this gay couple's wedding, is what you're saying, and then the government fined her for discrimination. That's right, because. Uh, they they find that it's against the law to not serve them. You know, uh, many years ago, back in my drinking days, I walked into a bar one time to sit down and have a beer and suddenly realized this was the wrong bar. And uh, just one letter <laughs> away from barf. Uh, and uh, I, uh, it is a rather disgusting sight. And imagine... Can I ask you something, Tom? You kind of liked it a little bit, too. Can I ask you something, Tom? Like the attention. I mean, what's really going on here? Because (laughs) I can't help but feel like you think about this way more than I do. Uh, You know what I mean? You probably think about this way more than they do. You're really fixated on uh, hating gay people. So what's really going on here? It's not hating them to not want to go and uh, do a photography event and... uh, act as if there's nothing wrong with these No, I think burgers. that the photographer, I will get it out of the way, I think the photographer should be able to choose whose wedding she wants to right. photo- She shouldn't have state, you know, pointing a gun at her saying, no, you must photograph everyone's wedding who asks, you know. Now, but, but also, I think that your condescending tone towards uh, gay people who want to get married is really going to put everyone in this room off. So unless you want to be berated with questions about your own sexuality, you might want to hang up. Well, I, I tell you, see, that's the the other thing. This is how they intimidate people into pretending to think. What that if they're just trying to live their lives? You well, know what I mean? I don't. I just, just think they probably most of them just want to be left alone. Her. Hey, Tom, they're trying to force her to go out and they photograph did the not event. do that. The government was trying to force her. I don't think that those that particular gay couple did anything. They reported it, and uh, in fact, one of the the. One of the women that was getting married uh, happened to be. Uh, so just me, or does he sound like Elmer Fudd? I was thinking Tweety Bird. <laughs> Tweety Bird. <laughs> Tweety Bird. One of them. <laughs> yes. Some some Looney Tunes character. It's hard to take you seriously, Tom, when you're not you know pronouncing your words correctly. Have you ever well, been uh, married, Tom? Uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, my wife and How I have been marriage? married for 16 years, and uh, we have a certificate and it's embellished with a fancy looking seal and a facsimile autograph on it and it, back before they uh, allowed queers to have those here in New Hampshire it was uh you know uh, luckily I don't need a piece of paper to assure me that I'm superior to the to them uh, but... <laughs> and modest too clearly <laughs> well, oh my god <laughs> but that, that's what that's all about uh, 
legalizing same-sex marriage is to pretend that uh, there's nothing wrong with being a queer. I don't think there is anything wrong, because I I would like to know, Tom, when you decided to be straight. When Uh, when did you decide? I made that decision all of my life. You know, it's like... uh, Yeah, but when did you decide you were straight? When did you decide? Did you just wake up uh, one day and say, "Hey, I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be straight today. I'm gonna like the ladies and the boobs." Well, except that I was never queer in the first place. Right. So, so I, you I were straight from the really. first place. Are you left-handed or right-handed, Tom? I'm right-handed. But you are. Anyway, Do you know anybody it, it, who's left-handed? Uh, my grandfather was left-handed. Really? Do you know that the church would treat him as though he were had the mark of the devil probably thirty years uh, ago? And do you uh, think that's the case? That, but, but what, uh, they're not violating anyone's rights by having a gay old time. But when you're trying to involve other people, and it gets worse than just trying to force somebody to photograph a wedding and uh, do the best of their ability, try to capture that feeling. And when it's a sick feeling that they would have to it capture. It sounds like, you know, I think feeling... if someone didn't want to be there or didn't feel that they could do the best job for the money, I would want them to tell me that they didn't want the job. You know, in New but, Hampshire, we have the right to refuse. I mean, we had a photographer over on the seacoast here doing the same thing when gay marriage was first the big protest. She didn't, she on religious grounds, she didn't want to be involved in photography. And you know what? If I were gay and I were getting married, I would not want a bigot at my at my wedding. No, I, I wouldn't just wouldn't especially not. And as you a know what? It's not. It's not so much that I I think it's appropriate that the government come in and tell her that she must or she's being discriminatory. I think. Shout that information to the hills so I know who to go to and, and people know how to make an informed decision. Yeah, I wouldn't want well, this Let the market this resolve bigot, it. I, like, if she really is refusing to do uh, photograph, you know, gay couples getting married, then I think that that's a little strange. And as a straight person, I wouldn't want her photographing my marriage. I agree. Well, it gets worse when... Uh, you get all this uh, politically correct indoctrination in the public schools, and then let's say uh, the 16-year-old cheerleader finds out that she's pregnant by one of the boys on the football team, and she's not ready to start a family yet, so she's going to place the baby for adoption. And she's looking through this book of ads, and let's say here's a man and a woman who uh, say that they're, they're going to take, they promise they'll take really good care of your baby and all of this, and turn the page, and there's a couple of queers, and if she's brainwashed enough, she might actually go ahead and deliver the baby, who has no say in the matter, into the hands of homosexuals. So oh, what? Then, my God. So what? Child so abuse. So what? So <laughs> what? Oh, my God. So there, <laughs> let, me, let me just point this out, Tom, that it, by well, your logic... Gay people are going to raise gay children, but surprisingly enough, we have all these gay people running around who came from straight parents. How does that work out for you? Really? I don't know. Do you know the? Do you see how backwards your logic is? I mean, I love talking to bigots like you. Really? I do. I'm just an idiot. We got to go to break. We're gonna uh, drop your call. Thanks, Tom. I'm not sure (laughs) that we feel the same (laughs) way here. We'll be back in a little bit. Eight five five four fifty free. This is Free Talk Live. Hello, 
my friends, this is Tim Cummins. I was just reminded about you and thinking about how awesome you are. And it's just incredible that whenever I hang around you, I just feel good now. And I'm reminded about how every day and every way you're getting better and better. And I think about how verbalsurgery.com changes you from the inside out. So check out my podcast at verbalsurgery.com. listening to Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Give us a call at 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 855-450-FREE. And with you tonight, it is Julia, Nemi, and Allie. Uh, want more of Free Talk Live? Archives.com, or freetalklive.com. We've got archives all the way back to 2006, and they're all available for free at archives.freetalklive.com. Now, I wanted to talk a little bit about this last call that we had. But first, Nemi has something to tell you about Bitcoin. I want to tell you about a great new Bitcoin site called Blockchain.info. Blockchain.info is an online Bitcoin wallet. They also have apps for Android and jailbroken iPhones. Thanks to fancy encryption techniques, Blockchain never has access to your money. In fact, they can't even know how much money you're sending or receiving. With the blockchain wallet, you can even send bitcoins via email to your Facebook friends or to anyone's cell phone number in just about every country around the world, and they offer this all for free. Get your free bitcoin wallet today at blockchain.info. All right, so we just received a call from Tom in New Hampshire, and I recognize his voice. I think he's a somewhat regular caller on this mm-hmm. show. He's, he, he likes uh, exhorting killing cops. Okay. Well, he he loves gay people, as yeah. we found out. Yeah. Uh, Tom is very interested <laughs> no, queers. Queers. in the queers getting married. <laughs> Doesn't sound like he's from Mass. So I just wanted to talk about a couple things because he was kind of going on and on and on. And uh, I think the first issue, you mentioned it briefly, Allie, but I don't think anybody on this show supports the government imposing a $7,000 fine on this woman for refusing to... Uh, photograph gay people. Definitely not. You know, I don't think uh, that discrimination laws make sense. I I understand that that sounds really harsh, and a lot of people probably don't like that I'm saying that. But like Nemi mentioned, if you um, don't want to photograph gay people's wedding because that bothers you, I would like to know about that as a straight person and a gay person. So discrimination kind of makes these laws make it so that nobody has to know yeah. what kind of a person you are. The like, bigots are in hiding and stuff. They're right. not allowed to be honest about who they are. I mean, people that really care about discrimination and want to end it uh, should encourage the people who are bigots or discriminating against others who want to do that kind of thing. I mean, I guess discrimination is kind of a broad thing, so... Uh, everyone might even might not even agree on what that is, and you don't want a top-down government to decide what discrimination is. And look how that look how that un- reveals itself in real life. Well, the other thing is, it's really the opposite of compassion because I think that most people would say, you know, hey, you guys just aren't compassionate. You don't have a heart. I mean, personally, I'm straight and. I have no problem with gay people. I'm not concerned with what people are doing behind closed doors in any way, shape, or form. Um. But uh, it's not compassionate for the government to force you to be nice. Right. No. And it, it's it's like government compelled fairness. 
Right. It's not it's not fair at all. I think one of the most common uh, subjects that, that when we talk about this is what about a restaurant, for example, that wouldn't let black people in? Mm-hmm. Well, if I'm a black person, I want to know who to give my money to. And I don't want to give my money to somebody who hates black people. But as it is right now, uh, you know, you, you basically have no way to know unless the person is very vocal about it. And I don't see why they would be because you can get in trouble for it. Right. And. It also isn't profitable to be a racist or a bigot. If you hire, like, say I'm a company and I'm not hiring any black people, then I'm missing out on a whole host of talent, you know, opportunity, profit opportunity, because I'm discriminating these people on some arbitrary thing, which doesn't affect, you know, how well. I mean, unless maybe I could see possible things where, uh, you know, no, I can't really think of any job where it would make sense to discriminate against black people. I think like appearance, because it's so racist, so based on appearance that maybe if you were doing like a uh, calendar for white supremacist group, then maybe you could discriminate <laughs> sure. against blacks and make money better that way. But <laughs> I'm just saying like it's it, it's silly to try to um, enforce, uh, like you said, fairness or niceness. Uh, call us call us now and tell us what you think. 855-450-FREE. How do you feel about discrimination? Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit more about uh, the, the gay hatred. I, I guess I don't... I would have loved to kept him on the line, but he was kind of just going off and, and spewing hatred. He kept saying the same lines over and over again. Did he sound like a top or bottom to you? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Definitely a bottom. Yeah, I would say. That's what I was thinking. I just can't imagine that you would be that into gay people and not be gay. I mean, obviously, that's just speculation, <laughs> but he sounded about, gay to me because right. he thinks about gay sex more than any of us do, I think. Combined. Talks about a lot. Sure. Sure. I mean, I, like you said, I don't go through my day worry, worrying about what other people are doing in their relationships. You know, I and, always think of it like there's some sexual acts that straight people do that don't interest me. I can think of a number of them, and there's no reason to go into them, but... It's essentially hating someone for that, right? Like some sort of sexual act that they do with in private with somebody else. And for some reason, you're very concerned with it. Right. I see what you're saying, but I don't even think it's so much just being grossed out by the sexual act. Because like you said, he probably doesn't, it doesn't even pop into his mind what kind of stuff straight people are doing to each other behind right. closed doors. It only has to do with the fact that they're Their parts both, match. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Their parts match. It, it Did, ain't Christian. Was he suggesting that they shouldn't be in public? It's unholy. Yeah, I think he was saying something at the beginning, like they were doing it all, all out in the open, and somehow that's a violation of his rights or something. Right. That's how his he right made it sound. He not, has to, the right to, to not be offended, not be offended right. by gay people. I don't know about you, but I don't think that you have the right to not be offended by anything. He sounds so offended by gays that I don't think that it's possible to not violate his rights. Like, if that was like a right, I don't think it would be doable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you have anything else you'd like to add on this topic? No, I, I think we've we've pretty much covered it. Okay, great. If you have anything to add, give us a call, 855-450-FREE. If not, I'll get back to the cop story we were talking about earlier. Uh, basically, a police officer in an unmarked car was passed and this made him angry and in an act of road rage he pulled somebody he pulled them over and he shot the driver who was a 22 year old um it was a national guardsman in the face 
It says here, Hamdi, the cop who pulled the trigger, is a 14-year veteran assigned to the emergency service unit. Now, isn't the emergency service unit some like people who help people, right? Like that yeah. sounds yeah. like ambulancey stuff. Yeah. Right? Yep. So this guy who's been a cop for 14 years, who is on the emergency service unit, got angry because someone cut him off. And pulled them over to shoot them in the face. I was on, I thought he was a detective or something. It just said undercover, so I don't okay. know what warrants getting an undercover cop car. Right. If you're a cop and you know, give us a call, 855-453-free. We, We'd love to hear from you. Um, it continues here. A spokesperson for the department told the New York Times that there were reports of movement inside his car, which may have caused concern that the driver might have been armed. We looked for a weapon, but we didn't find any. We did find a drill. So there was no weapon at all in the beginning. But right. when they, after he killed him and they were looking for something to make this okay, they found a drill in right. the back seat. I'm sure that's what the officer was concerned with when he uh, basically murdered this guy. Yes. So the guy was moving. He could have been grabbing a sweatshirt or looking well, for his registration or his It license. said that they told him to put his hands up. And then shot him as he was putting his hands up. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, but if you've got two hands on the steering wheel and you can see them and you're simply lifting them up, how does Where's that... Where's the threat? Yeah, exactly. His Where... hands are about to sling back into the back seat. He was going to pretzel roll in, find the drill, and then he was going to drill this cop. And, and these cops came Screw. to the window Screw. with their guns drawn. So it's not <laughs> it's like they weren't... I mean, drill. they had the clear advantage. They were ready to shoot this guy. Wow. I'm not saying the drill played a role. I'm just saying we looked for a weapon. We did not find a weapon. We just found a drill. While the, the police the police department claims Hamdi fired the gun after Polanco reached for something under his seat, Defari says her friend kept his hands on the steering wheel until the bullet struck him. So that's the other person that was in the car. Wow. Yeah. Pretty sick stuff. Give us a call and tell us what you think. 855-450-FREE. More when we come back. Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. We are back. This is Free Talk Live. You can call and bring in, uh, bring up anything you like. Give us a call at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 855-450-FREE. With you tonight, it's Julia. Nemi. And Allie. And I wanted to tell you something really quickly about SACL CAI. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged off receivable. SACL's employees are trained for resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients too. SACL CAI, check out their banner at freetalklive.com. 
Okay, so we are talking about police officers uh, murdering innocent people for no reason. But since this is the show about your calls, we actually do have a few calls on the line. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right. It says Rowan. You're on the air from New York? Yeah. Hello. Hello. What would you like to talk about tonight? Yeah, I wanted to talk about the the microchips in our Texas and our student IDs over there. Texas. Oh, fantastic. Oh, great. Julie yes. and I both brought this in for show prep tonight, so go ahead. What What did you say? I said we both brought this in for show prep tonight, so go ahead. Oh, you, you, all right, cool. But oh, we'd um, love you your know, thoughts on brother, it. You know, we have to take a stand against our government, and it's only going to get worse. For you those know? who yeah. are not aware, uh, the story that he's referring to is... I, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, Nemi, there is some sort of tracking system that they're putting in place in Texas schools with RFID chips. That's right. So that they can tell if students are skipping school. Yep. And it's in some sort of test phase, but they are threatening uh, the kids if they don't participate with not being able to go to homecoming and things like that. Yep. Threatened to suspend, fine, or involuntarily transfer students who fail to comply. And officials have noted that there will be consequences to for refusal to wear an ID card as we begin to move forward with full implementation. Ultimately, this is slated for 112 Texas schools and close to 100,000 students. It's called the Student Locator Project. How would you wear it? Probably on a lanyard around your neck, like a, that a is collar. Weird. And then when you wear it when you go home too, head. like all all time at all times. Hello. Hello? Yeah, it's in the ID. It's. It's like the passport, like to have, I, um, the chips in the passport. I don't know if you guys know that they have the the chips in the passports in the yeah. ID. Yeah, but so I don't have to carry my passport with me all the time. It's going to register him, him or her. Now, do, are you in Texas? No, I'm in New York, but I'm pretty sure they they're, they're bringing it in Texas, so it's going to come to New York soon. Right. I mean, it's going to be all over the country. That's that's the plan. To have I, it on I, the tracking. Yeah, I think you're absolutely correct on that. I can't see any reason why they wouldn't implement this everywhere. It scares me that this is in the testing phases. Um, Do you have anything else you'd like to say about it? No. Can I pick up a different topic? Sure. What would you like to talk about? Um, I was listening to um, the radio program uh, earlier today, and, uh, you know, uh, in California, he was talking about uh, getting drones and stuff to uh, have infrared on them, you know, to see inside our, our houses. I know the government already has a satellite that they can use and use infrared to, you know, produce uh, 3D infrared, um, images in our houses. And, and the government... Nope. Three, 3D images Everybody in the houses. Everybody that loves the film. Get up, stand up, just get... Obama. I think there's a problem with the the phone call. Yeah, Yeah, I'm going to drop the call because I can't really hear you. But it uh, sounded like he was making a good point, but it's it was right. It was cutting out. So that's not really good for radio. So I apologize. But you can give us a call back any other night. Eight five five four fifty free. We've got more phone calls, so we'll go to that. Abel in 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 New Hampshire wants to talk about uh, police shooting. Hi, Abel. You're on the air. Hi. I, you know, the, the RFID thing, of course, is interesting as well, and I'll go into that first. Uh, the, uh, to me, the whole idea of government schools is, is 
it's a conflict of interest. There's no way governments are going to teach children. Right. Uh, I think you're absolutely I, correct you know, on that. Uh, uh, the other thing is that learning is something that children are naturally do, you know, and they have to be forcing kids to, you know, you know, legally forcing them to go to these places. Uh, you know, there's 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 something wrong there. I, uh, you I know, think I, that it's common. I think you'll find that ch- young children, when they enter school, are typically very eager to learn. And the longer they stay in public school, the worse it gets. And by the like, for me, okay. I did very well in elementary school, straight A's, never had a C, you know, just really, really great kid. And by the time I got to middle school, D's and F's, I ended up eventually getting expelled. I never finished high school, you know, and I think I was somebody who my, my parents had very high hopes for me in elementary school. And like, look what happened. It was just public school beats it out of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that home and 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 uh, amateur, uh, you know, local uh, community schools are the right answer. Uh, up until you're old enough to, uh, you know, you've been socialized. You, you know, schools don't socialize. Parents socialize. You know. You need a, a you need a, you a ratio of adults to uh, children that's greater than you know one to thirty. Oh to, right. To, you know, possibly you know you you know children become socialized, learn how to be an adult and be a social person by being around others that are. I think that children socialize into a huh. I think that children socialize, but they bring a lot of um, like. When you're under your parents' wings, I think that there are a lot of people that have kids accidentally and uh, even people that have kids on purpose. I think the majority of parents in the United States have no business having kids, or at least not at the point that they I do. believe that the percentage is 50% of pregnancies yep. are an ac- accidental. Yep. And so, you know, all those kids are, uh, you know social graces and and you know at getting along and things like that they don't necessarily see that at home and i think that to have a bunch of kids from sort of broken homes all together it's kind of like lord of the flies stuff but if you didn't Absolutely. have you know parents like being so incentivized to push out a bunch of kids or if you just i don't really know what all factors go into people having kids on accident when they shouldn't be but um i think that if you had you know more conscientious conscientious parents then you wouldn't have such antisocial behavior in children in schools and i think that that would be the natural result of people actually realizing that they can't just palm their children off on a school system well, and that's uh, essentially that what it is. To be responsible for them. What? I said that's essentially what it is, too. It's like a tax-supported babysitting system. Exactly. Everybody has to work and, today and, so that we can feed our kids. So you send your kid off to basically be raised by strangers for their entire creates, uh, childhood. It creates a circumstance where the behavior of being a terrible parent is, is uh, there is no consequences to it. And uh, so... You know, we get a lot of that, and uh, and it's not, you know, the, the whole system is designed to create and fantasize people so that they are not able to actually be adults and not able to to handle liberty and freedom and be dependent and, on their uh, government. And, and the whole, you know, and it's all it's all a, you know, I think it's orchestrated actually. I mean, if you read uh, John Taylor Gatto, uh, 
you know, he 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 sees the plans that that go back all the way with uh, with government schools. John Taylor Gatto, uh, just so our listeners know, uh, he is uh, he was a school teacher. I believe he was a teacher of the year many times in a New York City school for many years, like twenty or something like that. And he eventually came to the conclusion that. It just is awful, and he wrote a very good book. I forget the name of it. I've always wanted to read it. Have you read it? Uh, well, if you go to John Taylor dot com, uh, John got to uh, John Taylor got sorry John Taylor dot com. He's got the whole thing in PDFs on his website. really the it's challenging myths of modern schooling of, uh, public education. Yeah, I think he's what? got a couple of them actually, but I've heard they're really great. I've right, always wanted right. to read them. Is there yeah. anything else you wanted to yeah. say about the school issue? I know you had more to talk about. Yeah, I no, I, I that you know, I, I you know, we could talk about that all night, but uh, I I think I got my points out. The RFID thing is just is just the you know, icing on the cake. It's like, you know, okay, so they're going to do this. But they're already screwing the kids up royally. So so why are they there in the first place? That's my mm-hmm. my whole right. point with that. But uh, uh to go on to the uh police um but a lot of the killings are. are Do you, you mind know, hanging on for brain. just a moment over the break? We're actually going to break right no, now, no, and I know you have other all. stuff to talk about. Perfect. All righty. No, no, we no. will be back. To you, Abel. Yes, 855 450 free. Give us a call. It's Free Talk Live. A science fiction comic adventure from Big Head Press. Quantum Vibe. It's year 2523. There are colonies on Venus, Mars, and Mercury. People travel in bubbles, fly at hyperspeed. With brain implants and artificial gravity. A scientific genius and his clever assistant set out on an adventure through the solar system. On a secret mission to find the key to access new frontiers and save liberty. There's a robot girl and zany creatures Made with genetically engineered features And corporate villains crave the opportunity To steal a profit from others' ingenuity A scientific genius and his clever assistant Set out on an adventure through the solar system On a secret mission to find the key To access new frontiers and save liberty Quantum To free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Give us a call at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 855-450-FREE. And with you tonight, it is Julia. Nemi. And Allie. Want to help promote Free Talk Live? Go to promote.freetalklive.com. There are various ways you can help out the show if you like what you hear. So we are talking about public schools tracking children and... Uh, after the calls, I really want to get into some of the details of that article because there's some very disturbing things going on in Texas, apparently. But since this is the show about your calls, we have Abel on the line, and he had more to talk about. Abel, are you there? I am. Okay. What What was your second uh, thought? Well, I, you know, going to the, the police. I, I think a lot of these police shootings, you know, especially when, when it sounds kind of like the one that they describe. Guy's hands are on the 
I think that the cop accidentally shot that guy. Huh? Why? I and and the reason that it happens is that the police do not do the safety measure of being ready with the finger off the trigger. Right. Do you think that they should have approached a car in that manner with the guns drawn? Do you think that that's appropriate? I, I think they do that way more often than they should. But if they are going to have guns drawn, they should be at the ready. They, they don't have a target yet. You know, right. you, you only have your finger on the trigger when there's somebody you, 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 you're, you know, this, you know, millisecond away from having to kill. Do you think that it's and, appropriate and, to pull someone over in, in an undercover cop car because they cut you off? Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, that whole thing was, is a, you know, I, you know, the, the undercover cars, uh, they, they're, they're, I don't think they generally are instructed to pull people over at all. Yeah, I am uh, interested. They're, if... know, they're, they're, they're doing other business. They're doing, you know, hopefully, you know, something that uh, is protecting some some victim from, you know, like, you know, robbery or rape or murder or whatever, you know, investigating crimes and real crimes. You but, would you know, think so. Uh, I have a story you know, that I can I mean, relate from here just just this week. A friend of mine had her car stolen out of her driveway here in Keene. Yeah. Um, and a, several right. days later, it was found gutted and stripped and beaten up down in Chicopee, Massachusetts. And Chicopee yeah. Mass Police don't want to fingerprint it. This girl lost her car. It's destroyed. She can't use it, can't repair it. It's totaled. Chicopee Mass says, no, we don't want to fingerprint it. Keen police say, no, we don't want to fingerprint it either. But they're perfectly content pulling over the money generators. Where is the money generated from investigating a stolen stolen car? Right. Whereas if you blow through a stop sign, you can get a ticket and you have to generate some money for the state. And it's disappointing to me because, you, you know, the, it, contrasting the, the rolling through a stop sign, who's hurt? There's there's no victim. Yeah. There's you know no one was hurt. But there's uh, but a financial incentive incentive to for make a big state, deal about that for the state, sure. Right. But where someone was actually deprived of their property through theft, uh, there's there's no. I, I was really I was very surprised to hear that and disappointed as well. Yeah, that's sad. Well, then no, the the actual likelihood is that uh, that many of the uh, unmarked cars and the uh, undercover police officers are not all about, you know, real crime. They're they're probably more likely involved in the drug war. So, right. Uh, you know, I, I, I like to leave at least the possibility that they could be, you know, doing the you know, good public work. But, uh, I mean, you know, the reality is, and, and we all know it, that, uh, you know, that, that, that unaccountable, you know, actors are not going to, you know, act in, a, in an accountable manner. Why should they? And, right. and, uh, and so basically, you know, the whole system is broken, uh, you know, and, the, and, and, and mostly the people involved, are the, you know, the, the public are, are accepting it and, uh, and, and, and they all deserve it. I don't because I don't accept it. And you guys don't because you don't accept it, but, uh, but it doesn't matter because, uh, we're a minority yet. And, uh, Hopefully that's uh, moving in in a, in a better yeah. direction. Yep, you get the government you deserve. Thanks for the call tonight, Abel. Uh, we have lots more phone calls on the line. Uh, John in Carson City would like to talk about Tom's call. John, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, what would you like to talk about tonight? 
Uh, well, first of all, I'd say, listening to Tom's call, I don't share any of Tom's views about gays, but... Oh, oh, Tom, I'm sorry. I was getting the... You're right. I was getting the callers confused. Tom called in the first segment to talk about how much he hated gay people. Continue. Well, I don't think... Yeah, that was one of the things he talked about, but he was also talking about, you know, an offense against this uh, photographer, but an offense by the state. Now, I don't agree with any of Tom's views about gays, but I really don't think the three of you are taking the high road when, you know, you're speculating about Tom's sexual orientation, when you're making fun of the way he talks just because you don't agree with him. When that's probably not something you would do if you agreed with him. I I really, I mean, I could be wrong, and he could really have have like a speech impediment. No, he does not have a speech impediment. I'm pretty sure he was mocking Yes, he was absolutely mocking gay gay people, people. so we were picking fun at Tom. All right, well, if okay, I I can understand that if you're making fun fun of him. Okay. We would posit as well that if Tom wanted to really be taken seriously, and I actually think I said this, was it's hard to take someone seriously when they're, they're talking like Elmer Fudd. You know, and, and it's very clear to me that he was he was being degrading toward gay folks. Now, I'm not gay myself. However, you know, I think it's it's important to treat people respectfully, regardless of, of how um, how how they present themselves or how I agree with them, especially in the in the realm of sexuality, because it's none of my business what you guys want to do in, in your own bedrooms on your own time. So long as you're not hurting me um, or someone I love, <laughs> you know, but I think um, I, I think where. The the initial caller was was um, right. I would agree with him that it is not government's place to mandate or fine or enforce some sort of um, rule of of fairness, uh, you know, discrimination against gay people. But on the flip side, I also don't necessarily agree that the photographer is right in 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 discriminating discriminating against people. But here in New Hampshire, we certainly have a law that you can re- refuse to serve anyone at any time. It doesn't matter if you're a convenience store or a bar. And, and so sh- I don't think it's government's place to do that. But I, I also think I would like to know if someone is, is a bigot. So I, as a, a I, I am an informed consumer, I would like to know where I'm shopping. And I don't want to do business with someone who wants to discriminate against gay people. And to address what well, you were saying about, um, you know, you said that it wasn't taking the high road to make jabs at his sexuality it wasn't you know at least when i was saying it it wasn't just oh what's the most offensive thing i can say to this guy to make him mad it wasn't that it was so much as i yeah it was i mean shock really yeah (laughs) there are some backwards people it's hard to take somebody seriously when they call up and (laughs) say like i mean have such a fit about what other people are doing what's wrong with i that's the most appropriate response I can think of to respond to bigotry is to laugh at it because it's so unfounded and stupid. And I mean, as far as making fun of his sexuality or like calling that into question, it's not just because I know he would find that offensive, but because I honestly think that people that have that approach to, or like feel so strongly about other people's sexual orientation have problems with their own. That's where it comes from. Exactly. But you know, how is that, you know, I mean, it, to me, it makes more sense to criticize his views, not to say there's something wrong with this guy. I would say that if the if there's if he's gay, if he is in fact gay, that there isn't anything wrong with him. But I, I would disagree that 
what I think bigotry is wrong, and I, I will speak out against that because there are people I love who happen to be in love with people of the same sex, and, well, and so to call that. them queers or to ask if they want to get married, I think is insulting to anyone's intelligence who's who's a remotely yeah. respectable human being. I and agree. so, yeah, I, I'm going to respond in kind because I'm occasionally a cynical, sarcastic person. Okay. Just saying. Now, one one of the reasons I was calling was because I think that that people, uh, especially libertarians, uh, really have, you know, an outside sensitivity to, uh, to bigotry, whereas I think it's, it's, it's more of a garden variety mistake, like statism. Like, you know, chances are you probably have lots of friends who have... John, I, we're going ideas. to break. If you want to hold on, you can finish your thought here after we get back. Uh, 855-450-FREE. Give us a call. It's Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. You like your friends. You like Free Talk Live. Like your friends enough to share something you like with them. Help Free Talk Live get into more ears. Podcast listeners are the most important area of growth for Free Talk Live. Please share one episode a week on Facebook. Welcome back to Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you like. Give us a call at 855-450-FREE. And tonight it is Julia. Nemi. And Allie. And I wanted to talk to you about the Free State Project for a moment. From creating new and old media to political action and civil disobedience and market-based activism, you'll find more pro-liberty activism than you've ever imagined possible when you move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Learn more at freestateproject.org. I believe you and I, Allie, are both Free State Project participants. Mm-hmm. I am not. Yes. I was born here. That's okay. <laughs> so we had a phone call. I don't think that he held over. Uh, I will try and pick it up really quick, but I think he's gone. Hello, are you there? Yeah, he's gone. Uh, so we'll go back to the phone. We have uh, Steve in North Dakota who's listening on Android. Hi, Steve. How are you? What would you like to talk about? Hey, uh, I'm sorry, that was my guitar making a bunch of noise there. Um, so, uh, well, I got injured at work, and so I've, I'm normally fairly autonomous, and I, I don't uh, get to hang out with the people in the office, but I get injured, so they put me on uh, the light duty, and I'm, I'm there, and I'm, I, I usually don't indulge in political conversation with people at work, get close to the election, obviously, that's the, uh, that's the topic of discussion. And uh, I made a comment. Now, I'm talking to three ladies, so you have to understand, I work with a bunch of guys, right? So okay. So i try to say this as delicately as possible. Um, <laughs> as if he's going to uh, shock us, right? <laughs> there's kind of like this hot chick that's at work, and she's this big Obama supporter, and pretty much most of the men are all Romney supporters. Uh Awkward. So I said something like, uh, I said something like, well, if that gal would, uh, would pr- provide a certain um, sexual service for me, I would switch, switch, switch my vote over to Obama. Uh, <laughs> you know, just kind of as a joke, really. You can imagine what I'm talking about. I'm sure. Right. 
uh, so uh, these guys were appalled. Not that I would say that. Not like from a, uh, you know, they weren't they weren't uh, uh, offended because of the, the sexuality of the comment. They were more offended that I would uh, give up something quote so precious quote, <laughs> as, uh, as a vote. vote. Right, and and so that kind of got me thinking about this later on. I, I didn't really talk with them. I thought about it later on, and I thought, you know, I mean, if somebody gave me twenty bucks, I'd probably vote for Obama or, or Romney <laughs> or whoever. I mean. The thing is, that what what's so valuable about about this, this vote? What's so important about it? You know, that's, right well, after it's they, been they, gerrymandered and quote counted and un, you know whatever it doesn't it counts to nothing. Well, Your vote is, means nothing. If nobody went out and voted, not a single person, do you think that they would just all go away? You know what I mean? It says the voting doesn't really matter. They're here to stay, no matter which one it is. Right. Well, and as Mark. Uh, pointed out a week or two ago, he said, if I gave you a time machine, and uh, I'm going to paraphrase, a time machine and 100 votes, your, your one vote counted for 100 votes, and you could vote in any election, how many elections, presidential elections, that is, how many elections do you think that you would have turned the tide in? The answer, of course, is zero. The closest mm-hmm. election in history was uh, 2000 between Al Gore and George W. Bush, and even that one was decided by about 600 or so. Right, even if you even had changed who was president, you wouldn't have cha- likely changed history because usually the two politicians are exactly the same, act Bingo. the same under the same pressure right. from the same people. So well, o- Obama is a great example of that because mm-hmm. Obama ran on a platform that got young people, especially I think, really excited because he talked about all this change. And he said he was going to make end the war, and he made all of these promises, and he's proven to be. He's on the same exact path as Bush. I won't say he's worse than Bush because I think Bush would have acted the same way, like had he continued. But uh, there's no difference between the two of them at all. Hey, let me tell you something. I work in the oil business, and there are relatives of the, of the Bush family here, <laughs> and I have it on pretty good. Uh, I have pretty good information that says that Bush is a pretty big fan of Obama, and hmm. that doesn't surprise me at all. Why would it? You have to wonder what goes on behind closed doors. Like, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, so I'm not suggesting anything like that. But just like how buddy-buddy they really are, right? Because they're supposed to be on different teams and have totally different viewpoints. But they don't. I mean, they're exactly the same. It's a sport for them. Yeah. So any other... Oh, I was just going to ask any other thoughts, Steve? Uh Uh-oh. Oh, it sounds no, like your really phone quick. line is cutting out, so I'm gonna I'm gonna drop the call. But okay. thank you, and give us a call back some other time. Eight five five four fifty free. We've got Brian on the line in Maine. Hi, Brian. What would you like to talk about? Yes, I'd like to talk about my police interaction yesterday. Your what? Police interaction. My police interaction yesterday. Okay. Okay, so it all starts. I was sitting on a bench, right, because I ride a bicycle, and I've seen someone that I haven't seen in a long time, okay? So I went over and we started talking. So about five minutes later, two police cars roll up, and they come over and they know us both personally, and they're like, and by the way, I live in a really small town, and they say, um, what are you guys doing here? We're just told them the truth. We're just sitting here. I haven't seen them in a while. We're talking. And so... Five minutes later, uh, Border Patrol rolls up. and Border Patrol, to, you say? Yeah, Border Patrol agents. 
in an unmarked Ford truck. And he says, do you mind if we search the vehicle? And my buddy says, yes, I do mind. I don't want you to search my vehicle. As soon as he says that, a Border Patrol agent opens up the back door and a police dog gets out of the car, starts walking around the car. Well, they say the the Border Patrol comes back over around to the other side of the car and says sorry to the police officer that the dog didn't hit on anything. So then, five minutes later, another police car shows up, and this one's an unmarked state police car. And they all get out in front of our car, and then, well, five minutes later again, the U.S. Customs and Border Patrol agent shows up. Now there's four police officers there, and then... Four officers or four police, different police cars, like four, only four officers? There was four officers and four cars. Okay. So then a total of one more car shows up in a Toyota Corolla, unmarked, completely unmarked, no flashing lights or nothing, and it's the chief of police. From your town? uh, What's that? From your town? Yep, from my town. And they asked me to step out of the car. Okay, so they make me come way over, uh, probably 150, 200 feet away, so they couldn't hear, so my friends couldn't hear what I was telling them. And they start questioning me, why am I in this town, and what am I doing here, and why, they just ask me a whole bunch of questions, because my friend has gone to prison before for drug-related offenses. And This is the friend that was with say, you? Yeah. Okay. And so, anyway, to cut the story to the end, they they only charged him, or they fined him for not having his car inspected. Wow. Well, Ryan, the- I'm going to put you yeah. on hold if you want to finish your story. We're going to break right now. Uh, we will be right back with more. It's Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Call us Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio, podcast, satellite, webcam, and our live streams. But did you know you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere? Add this number to your phone, 213-493-0308. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Listen Lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 213-493-0308. That's 213-493-0308. Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you like. Give us a call at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free not, free line, 855-450-FREE. And tonight, I am Julia. I'm Nemi. And I'm Allie. And we have Brian on the phone. He's telling us a story about uh, police. Brian, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Would you like to continue your story? Yeah. Okay, okay. so after... They had uh, cited him for a fine. Uh, they pulled us out of the car and told us they don't want us in their town. And I said, this is not your town. And they proceeded to tell me to shut my mouth. And I said, that's my First Amendment right to say whatever I like to say, as long as it doesn't offend 
or discriminated against anybody. And he told us, plain out, get the blank out of my town. And don't let me see your face in my town again. What town is this? Is this some podunk place? It's up by the border in Maine, I'm assuming. Ah. Yeah, it is. It's probably 20 miles from the Canadian border. It's Caribou, Maine. Oh, so you're way up. Way, way up. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, a few years ago, there was actually another police officer that actually quit from the police department because of the uh, what he called small-town politics and actually posted a video on YouTube, which they claimed was uh, some kind of copyright or something like that, and got the video deleted off of YouTube. All Wait right, a second. There... Say, that, say that one more time. He um, sued? police officer. What part didn't you hear? All of it. Repeat okay, yourself. So, okay. <laughs> Uh, a police officer, which used to work in this town, um, he posted a video after he had gotten done from the police department stating that there was a lot of small-town politics in this town, saying, and he actually posted a video on YouTube about this, and they ended up deleting the video somehow. Because they, they reported it as copyright infringement, trademark infringement? Exactly. Right. I understand. Okay. My my question to you, I'd see, I would, this would have been a terrifying experience for me, five cops with me and my yeah. friend. Um, and I, I think yeah. the, the first thing that would have been good in my corner, I, I would want in my corner is a camera and a video recorder, preferably uploading straight to the internet. So even if they get your equipment, it's, it's still live on the internet. Now you're way up in Maine. I know that there is yeah. some questionable cell coverage in Maine, so I don't know how much of an option that is for you, but I think that would go a long way um, toward to defending yourself and keeping yourself on an even keel with the cops because it sounds like this guy was just way out of line, way overstepping his bounds, asserting authority he didn't have. you know. And the best thing to do to nip that in the butt in my experience is say, hey, you're being audio and video recorded. Exactly. See, I was just trying to figure out there must be some kind of law that they broke doing this. Like, there's got to be some kind of law. Sure. But how are you going to prove it? Yeah, did you, did you, you didn't catch him on camera, did you? No, I yeah. did not. And unfortunately, so, in those kind of situations, it's their word versus yours. And it seems that their word usually wins. Exactly. Exactly. Anything else you have to talk to us about tonight, Brian? I have one more thing that might seem a little outrageous, but uh, it's completely true from my eyes. Um, where I live close to, I don't know, where the uh, planes constantly fly over, going to Europe and whatnot, um, a couple of months ago, me and my sister and my father were standing outside, and my sister pointed out a large plane, and it was really quite low, and so directly over us, then banked to the right, which would be back towards Europe. And so I ran inside, and I have a book of modern aircraft. And I looked into the book, and the only plane that fits the profile is a Russian bomber. And it really, really scared us. Hmm. Could you be able to see that kind of detail from up that far up in the air? um, The only reason why we could is because it has the... uh, Wet back wing, and it was it's called the TU 165 Russian bomber, and it's a really distinct plane, hmm. and it has solid light, 
So when it has solid life on the internet, it says it's going to bomb something. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know anything about Russian planes personally. Thanks for the call tonight, Brian. Appreciate your story. So uh, maybe this isn't fair, but whenever people tell me about stuff like, like, I saw something way up in the sky and I came to this conclusion, I'm always just kind of skeptical. Like, I don't feel like it's hard, it's evidence enough that something's happening. Right. You know what I mean? Because I think people, you know, when it's something that... um is difficult to prove like that. It's like your biases all sort of come into it. And I'm not saying that I would never believe something like that, but it's it just makes me skeptical when people say they see things in the sky. Right. Like UFOs. Well, I definitely believe that like he that. saw a plane. Yeah. I mean, I don't know anything about Russian planes, so I really have no authority at all. I'm not calling him a liar. I'm just saying that I... Whenever people tell me things like that, it's hard for me to be like, oh, really? Oh, right. my God. I'm scared, too, now. Like, I just, I don't know what to say. I don't either, which is why I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I, I definitely wanted to get back into this public school article, Nemi, because I, I know that there were a lot of disturbing details that uh, the caller did not get into. Do you have that up? I do. I do. This is coming from HuffPo. Weeks after Northside Independent School District in San Antonio rolled out its new smart IDs that track students' geographic locations, the community is still at odds with the program. The quote-unquote student locator project, which is slated to eventually reach 112 Texas schools and close to 100,000 students, is in trial stages in two Northside district schools. In an effort to reduce truancy, the district has issued new student IDs with an embedded RFID chip that tracks the location of a student at all times. That is so creepy. creepy. I wonder yeah. if they have like a map and like the students are little dots in the map. That is weird. It's like, let's GPS Allie and see where she is. Yeah. So the program officially launched October 1st at John Jay High School and Anson Jones Middle School. Without the badges required to be worn around the neck, students cannot access common areas like the cafeteria or library and cannot purchase tickets to extracurricular activities. I have a better idea. Why don't we just put shock collars on all the students and then have like an electric fence that goes around, like right. an invisible fence. I, I like the collar idea. Yeah, yeah, I think that would actually be more effective. Now, the local TV station has reported that the district has threatened to suspend, fine, or involuntarily transfer students who fail to comply. And Well, if- now I want to know, I don't know if the article touches on this, but... Do parents, like, why wouldn't somebody comply? Is this something that parents are against, or is it just a kid doesn't feel like wearing his necklace? Parents and students from the schools spoke out against the project last month, but now a local TV is reporting that schools are taking the restrictions one step further. John Jay High School sophomore Andrea Hernandez refuses to use the new IDs, citing religious beliefs and instead sticking with her old badge from previous years, calling the tracking devices the quote-unquote mark of the beast. She tells Salon that the new badges make her uncomfortable and are an invasion of her privacy. I agree. She said, but to add to her restricted school grounds access, the teen says she was barred from voting for homecoming king and queen. She says, I had a teacher tell me I would not be allowed to vote because I did not have the proper voter ID. I had my old student ID card, which they originally told us would be good for the entire four years we were in school. He said I needed the new ID with the chip in order to vote. 
Now, if successful, the tracking program could save the district as much as $175,000 lost daily to low attendance figures, which in part <sighs> determines school funding. That is so Why? ridiculous. So they lose money because kids don't because kids skip school, kids, basically. Right. Higher yeah. attendance could lead to more state funding in the neighborhood of $1.7 million. So you ridiculous. know what's sad is that that's what this is about. It's not about the kids being in school so they can get an education because really i mean what are high school age kids learning they're not learning anything new you've been learning at that Mm -hmm. point you've been learning the same thing for six years but it's about money i mean all they care about is getting more funding now they've put some spin on this a statement on the school district's website lays out the program's goals to increase student safety security increase attendance Uh and offer a multi-purpose smart student id card that streamlines grounds access and purchasing power why not just give your friend, like, have them put your card in their backpack? Right. And then you just go off and do whatever you want so that that's why you, you have to wear it around your neck? You can only have one lanyard at a time? I guess so. Give us a call, 855-453. How do you feel about this? Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and two XM channels. FTL has also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Give us a call at 855-450-FREE. Tonight, we have Julia, Nemi, and Allie. And uh, Nemi, you have something to tell us about Bitcoins. I sure do. Bitcoins always allows anyone to be able to send and receive payments with anyone anywhere in the world. It is mathematically impossible for Bitcoins to be counterfeited or inflated. It is mathematically impossible for anyone, including governments, to block you from sending or receiving these payments. It is mathematically impossible for anyone to freeze your account. It is mathematically impossible for anyone to interfere with your account in any way. And if you are careful about it, Bitcoins can be used anonymously as well. Bitcoins give everyone 100% complete control over their own money. Another new development that you can now use is blockchain.info. You use this wallet to send payment to any of your friends on Facebook, as well as gamble on sashodice.com. If you haven't tried blockchain.info, blockchain.info's wallet yet, I recommend giving it a try. It is fantastic. So we've been talking about this tracking system um, in Texas public schools. It's being rolled out. But I think it's in, I think I caller brought this up and it's important to note that Texas is just the first place. It's, this it's is... actually not new. Really? This has been happening. Um, it started in Houston in 2004. Wow. And it's also happening in California. Um, and here I'm reading about a federally funded preschool in California that started placing RFID chips in children's clothing two years ago. Ooh, that's creepy. Yeah. And numerous districts have also considered similar programs but have not made them mandatory. But again, in California, Anaheim Union High School District is in the midst of testing a GPS tracking program. This comes from Salon.com. Each school day, delinquent students get an automated wake-up phone call reminding them that they need to get to school on time. In addition, five times a day, they are required to enter a code that tracks their locations. 
as they leave for school, when they arrive at school, at lunchtime, when they leave school, and at 8 p.m. Is this all on their cell phones or something? I don't know if this is this is a code on their cell phone or somewhere. If we call 8 p.m. 8 p.m. If school ends at 3, why is it their business where you are until 8? eight. Right. I don't understand how anybody could justify that. Right. Or, know, or so agree crazy. to it. Acquiesce. Students? Right. What does it make someone a student I think if you skip school. If you're being a truant. If you've been labeled a truant. Oh, my gosh. I was, uh, I, I was a really awful high school student, and I used to skip school all the time. And if they had come, this would have been bad for me. I mean, I guess it couldn't have gotten any worse because I actually got expelled, but I would not have worn this. This would have infuriated why me. Why don't they just put cots in the classrooms and have the teachers put the kids to bed themselves? Right. Like, what's the point of parents anymore? What 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 purpose do parents play in their children's lives when the schools are are doing this kind of stuff? A friend of mine has uh, has been a principal at an elementary school for years and years, and he was lamenting many years ago that the responsibility of parenting has really been shifted onto the schools. So yeah. where you and I, or I, you know, and and back in my day, you, you know, kids were not dropped off for breakfast. They were dropped off before first class. And, the, you know, after school program was pretty limited. You just came, just, you stayed for a couple hours and your parents would come pick you up. But now it's like it was school districts are responsible for feeding, for clothing underprivileged kids, for now coding and specially educating. And, the, and it just seems like a money dump to me. Right. To, it's unfortunate, too, get. because... So many parents out there, both parents have to work, and that didn't really used to be the case. It used to be a very common for one parent to stay home. Now it seems like it's impossible for a lot of people. And so schools have basically become a babysitting gig. I mean, really, mm-hmm. they're just there to watch your kids all day. But even worse than babysitting, yeah. because, yeah, babysitters don't do this The babysitter stuff. is also a cop yeah. who wants to get you in trouble. Exactly. And this is the really the problem with school, public schools is that, I mean, they're government run. That caller brought up the fact that there's no really incentive for them to actually educate kids. Mm-hmm. It's like they're there to just control and indoctrinate them. It's becoming more and more with public schools. It seems that it is the uh, school's will versus the parents and then maybe versus the child or not child a lot of times it's like young adults or whatever but they it's it's not that the school is trying to work to uh make this education package fit the needs of the parent and the child they're not working with them they're not you know no, it's parents one size aren't, fits parents all parents aren't a customer they're they're like the devil and you have to do everything you can to make sure that these kids turn out right the way that the school wants them to turn and out. And the school does a better job of judging when a kid is sick than a parent. And I, 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 this was another surprising revelation for me. A coworker of mine a few years ago had a teenage daughter in high school. She wanted to go um, on a, uh, some family was coming in from out of the country. She wanted to go to New York. And her, her mother did not have the right to call her out sick That's or a- just not in school, period. The school, and this is a small New Hampshire school district, said they would call the police and report her truant if it was not an excused absence, meaning mm-hmm. not that a parent can call in anymore. You need a doctor's note. Yep. So she ended up having to go to someone in the family who was in the medical profession and getting a note to excuse her to go on this trip to New York with family she hadn't seen in 
years and years. I just think it's ridiculous. Yeah, schools this is now crazy. Think they're they're the ultimate authority. I know. I remember kids in school going on family trips and the teachers just acting like it was the worst thing ever and us students being really jealous and being like why can't my parents take me to Disneyland instead of making me go to school and the teachers just feel so self-important and their curriculum is is just if they don't learn this it's so much more important than Disneyland because if they don't you know more important than quality time with their parents my curriculum damn it like why can't you stay here and learn this and then they make a big deal about missing school as if you're going to be a like a worse person for missing their class. That's right. Parents out there, I'd love to hear what you think. Give us a call, 855-450-FREE, and tell me how you would feel if you had a child in this school system. You know, I think it's interesting, Allie, you were just talking about curriculum, and the internet has really changed the way that, like, that you learn, essentially. I mean, things that I learned in school were memorizing the periodic table of elements and stupid, meaningless things like that, unless you're specifically going into a scientific field. Mm -hmm. But now with the internet, all of this information is readily available. There's no reason for you to memorize any of this. You can make room to speak, you know, in your head for so much more useful information. So it's interesting to me that this curriculum, it's pretty much the same that it's been. I mean, it doesn't really evolve. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's like it is all about memorization. And if you're like if you're learning a new language, OK, that's the time to memorize. But when it comes to other things, like if it's really expedient to memorize things, depending on what you're trying to do, then I could see pushing memorization. But I was being taught to memorize Everything. And basically what I was memorizing was the highlighted parts of my textbook. Right. What you were going to need to know to pass the test. Yes. I actually went to school to be a teacher when I was right out of, I I got my GED. I didn't um, graduate high school, but I got my GED and my parents required that I go to college immediately after. And I, for some reason, thought that I wanted to be a teacher. And now that's hilarious. So I, I majored in elementary education and I did student teaching in um, an elementary school, and I specifically remember one incident. I was working with a fourth grade student. The teacher said to me, you know, hey, this girl has problems with this, and we need you to help her pass this test. And I'm going over the test, and literally everything on there, I don't know the answer. It's things like, how far is the sun from the earth? You know, and I'm sure I had to know that at, at one point to pass a test, But there's no real life relevance to that at all. And I actually was very honest with the the girl. I told her that. I said, look, you just have to pass this test so that you can get to the next grade. So why don't we come up with like some sort of little game to help you memorize this and then forget it because it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You know, because I just felt bad for her. I mean, she was really upset. She was uh, being harped on by the teachers. Yeah, made about to feel like she was in- unintelligent. Unintelligent, right? As if this stuff makes you intelligent. It really just makes you trivial. Knowing a bunch of facts makes you trivial. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what they want you to learn, I guess. Plus, it's like, yeah, memorizing numbers like how far is the Earth from the Sun, unless you study, you know, space and solar system and things like that, it means nothing to you. These numbers mean absolutely nothing. You have no, no context for it whatsoever. And like, especially if you're young like that, we just learn numbers and yeah, it just, it's like the number of zeros takes up a big part of the, you know, chalkboard, but, or whiteboard or whatever, but it doesn't mean anything. Right. 
I just can't imagine that. I mean, most of the information is just totally unusable, and it's kind of upsetting. It's such a waste of time. Yeah, why? Why do you know? Like, why don't teachers sit there and like question this? Like, right. question their job and the validity of it when they know that they didn't know any of this before they were told to teach the kids. How do you feel about this? Give us a call at eight five five four fifty free. Uh, Allie has an update on Pussy Riot when we get back. Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Richard Grove of TragedyandHope.com, and thanks to the help of Mark and Ian here on Free Talk Live, we've created this call to action to help raise awareness for John Taylor Gatto. In 2001, former New York City and State School Teacher of the Year, John Taylor Gatto, published The Underground History of American Education, detailing how public schooling creates obedient workers and debt slaves. Now John delivers a message which he calls your birthright. It's titled The Ultimate History Lesson, and it's a five-hour journey illustrating how and why our public schools are dumbing us down and what we can do about it. Therein, referencing more than 200 footnotes and 30 classic texts. John suffered multiple strokes in the weeks after filming this interview, and he's in need of your help as he continues to recover. Please click the banner on freetalklive.com and enter the coupon code FTL and we'll send you the ultimate history lesson on four DVDs plus a free 15-hour MP3 bonus DVD. Thank you for tuning in and not dropping out. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Give us a call at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 855-450-FREE. Tonight in the studio, this is Julia. Nemi. And Allie. Uh, Would you like to help Free Talk Live get on more radio stations? You can for just $5 a month. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com for more details. And even if you can't, everything there is still free. So we've been talking about schools, and we actually have a caller who would like to talk about that as well. So, Michael from Minnesota. Hello. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. I love your guys' show. I, I, I love the passion and thank you. Thank you. So, you wanted to talk about my, schools, right? Right, right. My comment was you're talking about the current curriculum in the public schools, and, and what we all need to understand is that comes from John Dewey, Dewey out of Chicago. Oh, the and Dewey Decimal the, guy. Well, exactly. That, that is an out of date system. But, but the public schools and unions refuse to change and go to more of a current curriculum that actually will, will teach our children what they be taught. The other thing I want to stress, too, is that if you really care about your children, they should not be in public schools. We all need to pull our children out of public schools, get them into private schools, or to homeschool them. And to the argument that, well, private schools are too expensive, I, I challenge everyone with this. Then why do you have two new cars in your driveway? Why do you have three cables, uh, TVs in your house? Why do you have all these luxuries? Not everyone has that, though. I mean, that's not really fair. And relatively speaking, private school, if you weren't obligated to pay for public school, private school would be less expensive. That's that's a good point to make that, you know, whenever the government provides a service, then people are being, if they want to have the private version, they're being forced to pay for the public version, which is usually more expensive. And not as good. Yep. Do you have more to say, Michael? Well, just I, I disagree. I mean, eventually, if enough people pull their kids out of the public schools, public schools will have no choice but to change. Do you do you think and, that? And, and, and I realize that that we're paying for the public schools, but 
But is it worth it? I mean, I mean, send your children to a schools that we know are filling their education and their future. Is it really worth it? My parents um, told me that they wished that they would have sent us to private school I went, more than anything. I went to private school um, all but one year. My, my eighth grade year, I went to public school, and there, it was like night and day. And even still today, yeah, absolutely. And I'm grateful for the education that I got, for sure, um, through private schools. I don't know how my life would be different. I would certainly be um, less educated than I, I am. I wish that public schools didn't exist at all so that we would be able to see real innovation in technology mm-hmm. and, and curriculum because even though we do have private schools and there are other options and I believe that you will certainly get a better education at a private school, it's all uh, structured by the state, right? right? This curriculum is made by the state. The private schools are required to teach it. So I would just love to see what kind of innovation could we could have. Like how much better could schools be? How right. much of a variety could we have? What I think is actually more like would be easier to get parents on board with, maybe, I don't really know, would be just to not take grades uh that students get at public school so seriously like if your kid's making all a's in public school it doesn't mean that they're smart if they're failing public school it doesn't mean they're dumb don't take it so seriously uh just whatever your just whatever your kids get whatever you know however they want to if they want to try or if they don't want to try i wish i hadn't felt so pressured to try at classes that i wasn't interested in yeah and if i hadn't had that pressure then i think i would be like more well adjusted and not so weird about learning yeah, it's kind of sad because I love I now as an adult, I love learning new things and I read stuff all the time. I spend all my whole day on the internet basically mm. at work and stuff and I'm constantly reading, I'm constantly trying to learn new things. And when I was in high school, I did not feel this way. You know, I felt like well, first of all, learning is not cool in high school at all. So no. like it's not cool to want to be smart or anything like that. And I think reading is a really good example of this. I loved to read when I was in elementary school, and that waned over the years. And I really don't read very much, and it's unfortunate because I actually like reading. But I think that, you know, they force you to read the same books, the books that they liked, the classics, they would call them, and they're boring. And and, and if they offered more choice, like, hey, I'm interested in airplanes, so I would like to read a book about airplanes— it would be much easier to get kids on board with that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm really excited uh, with the homeschooling movement in New Hampshire, and also I'm learning more. I don't have kids, don't want kids, but I really am excited to see people who are um, looking at self-directed learning, which is, I think, what we do as adults. You go yeah. and you, you look at what things interest you. And, and as far as high school goes, a very good friend of mine had just a, a heck of a time in high school, and it was really we didn't think he was going to get out, and he tried and tried. Math was not his strong point. He's fantastic landscape gardener, just a miracle worker with plants. Now, I'm, I'm okay with math. I'm okay with reading and writing and, and whatever else you need to do to get out of school. He wasn't. Yeah. And as Ali said, it doesn't mean he's dumb. He's brilliant in his own way. Right. But unfortunately, he wasn't the square peg in a round hole kind of cookie cutter mm-hmm. Well, and it's a shame that they basically, they teach you that if you're not doing well, you're dumb. What That's does right. it do There's for kids' self-esteem? Right. They're so pretentious, and especially about how uh, they think learning is like, there's there's a specific way to do it, and it's their way. Right. And I think that to be uh, a teacher in a public school 
kind of requires a little bit of that, you know, having a pretentious, pretentious feeling about knowing what's best, knowing and what's being best right. for your students right. and assuming that, you know, if they're not following along, because if a bunch of students are failing, I don't I guess I had some some teachers that were like, OK, with students failing, you know, like some teachers actually kind of were into some students failing because if everyone passed and that meant that. They weren't being challenging enough right. or something. But the idea that if the students aren't learning it their way, then they're not learning it or that they're not good at this or that they're not smart. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so Michael actually dropped off the line. I don't know what happened, but thanks for the call, Michael. We've got mo- more calls waiting here. Daniel from Louisiana wants to talk about law enforcement. Hi, Daniel. Hi, how are you? Great. What would you like to talk about? Uh, I was just going to make a comment uh, on the police issue. I as well in my small hometown of Winsboro have a in that uh, parish uh, you know we have parishes down here instead of counties but anyway the uh, we have a very upstanding uh, law enforcement uh, especially you know and uh, uh, as far as the, the sheriff and his deputies they're uh, very uh, about standing up for the Constitution and uh, about your question earlier if, um, if a citizen has committed a felony then the federal law enforcement can come in and take jurisdiction but in if it's a misdemeanor offense, then local law enforcement does have, have every right to tell uh, federal officers to fuck off. Interesting. They're out of play. And uh, uh, also, I wanted to make a comment because this seems to be a perfect opportunity to um, to just drop a little bug in your listening audience's ear. Oh, I am. I'm left wanting. Hello, cliffhanger. <laughs> he disappeared. Where? Oh. oh. I already <laughs> Daniel thanks for the call he got uh, lost in our ears oh yes. dear so we've got Joe on the line <laughs> from New Hampshire who wants to talk about shooting uh hi Joe how you doing good what would you like to talk about oh I just I don't know if it was brought up here or not but from where we moved from Alabama there was a shooting on campus and they killed a guy who they said was on LSD but he was naked and unarmed Oh, did they yes. decide that that guy was resort. on LSD? I have that in my show prep, actually. Okay, yeah, they said that he he was too unworldly to to take down, so he had to shoot him. That's yeah, pretty outrageous. So it's yeah. if they confirmed that he was on LSD, I guess uh, you know the hospital must have confirmed that. Is that what they're saying? I'm not sure yet so because that's just what the report says right. online. He's a. Uh, as far as I know, in the story, he was like a wrestler and everything in yeah. high school, maybe even in college, and that he was naked. And the police officer said he was ramming him, like, uh, like repeatedly ramming him, and with and the, his arm, no, like, like shoulder, running, running at him. Oh, I have investigators and, said he took the drug at a music festival and had a meltdown and started. Po- Pounding on the police station's glass door. Yeah, and so all of his family and friends and everyone who knows him is like, that is not how this person acts. Now, obviously, drugs change the way you act, but it seems unlikely that LSD did this. Yeah, we can talk about this more, Joe, if you want to hold. If you have more to add, we will be back. 855-450-FREE. It's Free Talk Live. 
Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and two XM channels. FTL has also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at Mark at freetalklive.com. Welcome back to Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Give us a call, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free. I have trouble saying that every time. SACL CAI toll-free line, 855-450-FREE. Tonight in the studio, it's Julia. Nemi. And Allie. And there are so many ways to listen to Free Talk Live. If you go to listen.freetalklive.com, you can check it out. Live streams, radio, satellite, webcam, listen lines, listen.freetalklive.com. So we have been talking uh, pretty much for the last hour about schools, and we actually have many more phone calls, so we'll go to that because this is a show about your calls. Mike in Montana. Hi, Mike. Hey, how are you? Hi. What did you want to talk about? I want to talk about this RFID reading that's going on in Texas and how they're going to punish these kids for not participating in it. Yeah. I I don't understand how this is legal. I mean, how are they going to punish these kids? And because they're not willing to be traced by this technology. I mean, we have the freedom. Well, we used to have these freedoms to be able to be free, in which we've traded off for security. But I might be wrong here, but I... I think that the schools see things like homecoming and the other things they're threatening to take away from the kids. Since those are privileges and not rights, they can just take them away. Like, I remember them threatening to take away homecoming privileges for everything. Um, In my school, you weren't allowed to... Uh, this is right after I left, so I wasn't subjected to this, but students were not allowed to have parking spaces, weren't given tag, t- given tags for parking spaces unless they agreed to be part of this ID program, which is a drug testing program. And the dr- that ID program is kind of cool. It like gives you coupons um, for businesses around town. And if you agree to do it, it's supposed to be consensual. And it was actually against their policy for the schools to be implementing it like in this way coercion yeah. it's coercive kind i mean i i get well, well i don't know if it really falls under coercion but you are coerced into going to school and then if you drive a car then it's like i don't want to be in the id program mom and dad because uh i smoke pot so can you give me a lift to school like no who's that's not really fair to make the students do that right well it's kind of messed up anyway because you're forcing kids to go to this school and then you're putting them at potential risk for legal trouble. Like if you get drug tested in school and you get caught with pot, you're, it just doesn't end at telling your parents there's legal implications with that. So not only are you forced to go, and if you don't want to participate in their programs, then they can just take all of these things away from you. But you can also get in a lot of trouble. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's the whole problem is that, you know, Everyone's been kids. We've all made our mistakes. We've all endured our high school years or whatever and whatnot. But the thing is, is that to threaten them with prom or to homecoming and things like that, because they do not want to participate in this RFID program, 
I just think it's wrong. I don't understand. I know they're saying, well, this way we can track all the kids. Well, yeah. It starts in schools, and then it will start in society, and then we're going to push this out to everywhere. Yeah. You're going to have to have these to cross state lines. You're going to have to have these to go to different cities so that we know where you're at. So in case something happens, we know exactly that you are there, you know? And I just don't think that's appropriate. I think this is something that we need to stand up and just draw the line. Yeah. This is it. I mean, this is scary stuff. I wonder how many parents are okay with this. Like, I would love to see some sort of poll of parents specifically in this school district and see how they feel about it because my parents would be infuriated oh yeah i i'd be hoarse by this moment i mean i'd be screaming at the top of my lungs about this this is not right you know and so i i'm really concerned i just hope people get out there and express that concern and just say this isn't right this isn't for us i mean i'm a veteran of the air force this is something that i did not go and fight for this is freedom this is going into slavery and micromanaging people. Very much, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Anything else uh, you'd like to say, Mike? Um, no, that was about it. Um, I appreciate it. All right, thanks for the call. You can give us a call and talk about schools or anything else, 855-450-FREE. We're going to go to the next call. We have Terry in Michigan who wants to talk about public schools. Hi, Terry. Hello. Hi, what would you like to talk about? Well, I kind of wanted to make a comment on the comment you guys made earlier about private schools versus public schools, Mm -hmm. that you believe that private schools, the students are smarter than the public school students. No, I I didn't say, I I know I didn't say that, and I didn't hear either of these ladies say it either. I think what I I said was the quality of education was better. Yeah, that's what I said too. Well, I'm pretty sure I heard one of you say that you thought that you were smarter than the people that came out of public school. I am certainly better educated as a result of going to private school than I would be if I went to public school. I know that for, for sure. See, so you're saying that you're smarter because you went to public school. No, I'm Isn't saying I'm better educated. There's a difference. Hmm. Oh, there's a difference. Yeah, there's certainly. Maybe because, maybe because of your elitist ideas, maybe that's why you think that that's Yes, I'm certainly an elitist, and I'm glad you called in to point that out. Are you an advocate for public schools? Are you telling me that uh, you think that you'll get a better education at a public school? I took education at a public school. I had about a 3.8 grade point average. I've worked most of my life. All my children went to public schools. They have jobs. They are productive members of society. I, this so sounds very familiar. I bet this guy called in on this them Because they did not go to private schools is elitist. I don't think that anybody here... Thank you very much. Have a nice day. Okay. Wow, talk about rage quit, dude. Mm. So I don't think that anybody <laughs> in this room was suggesting that uh, somehow you're better or smarter for going to public schools. And I don't or think that it suggests... Um, you're right, private schools. And I don't think that it suggests that if you went to public schools that you're um, you're somehow dumb or anything like that. I don't think anybody feels this way. I went to public school. I did too. I mean... Call me and I dumb, and I didn't I feel that from Nemi when she was talking. No. So I think that a guy misunderstood. Um, I don't know if maybe he's a public school teacher or I have no idea, but I don't think that he heard us correctly on that. No, 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 ladies. Well, I'm an elitist. There's a I think. Uh, OK, I sense a little bit of defensiveness there. I think that when, you know, we start talking about public schools, that maybe parents that have children in public schools are going to start yeah. feeling like a little sense of, you know, they might 
really see where we're coming from and think that we may be onto something, but it kind of feels guilty that they have kids in public schools. Right. And they kind of realize that they're not getting, you know, they're the the tax dollars that go to the public schools don't justify what's what the kids are getting out of it. I mean, and that has to be bothersome for public uh, for parents who have their kids in public schools. I mean, when you ask your kid what they learned today and they just like snap at you because they've been bullied all day and their teachers aren't nice to them and they got sent to the principal's office or they're they're shoehorned like in our largest city here in New Hampshire, Manchester, even the um the classroom sizes are exceeding the state mandated class sizes so there's overcrowding you've got 35 40 kids to one adult versus in the private schools that i went to you you had between eight and maybe 12 kids in a class right how do you not get a better education with that sort of i'm not claiming to be elitist i'm just saying do the math do you think Nemi was being elitist? Give us a call on that or anything else, 855-450-FREE. Mike in Colorado is next. He wants to talk about sheriffs and their authority. Talk to us about anything you want. Uh, give us a call. The number here is 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 855-450-FREE. Tonight in the studio, you have Julia. Nemi. And Allie. And we, as I promised, would go to Mike in Colorado, who's been waiting very patiently. Hi, Mike. Are you with us? Hello? I'm going to put him on hold. I have a feeling that he's been waiting for a while and he probably put the phone down. So, Mike, if you're there, pick up the phone and we will come back to you. Next, we have Ian in New Jersey who wants to talk about Walmart workers. Hi, Ian. I'm going to put you uh It sounds like hold. his phone's oh. near the radio. Hello? Hello? Are you near a radio? If you are, if you could turn it down, Hello? we're hearing a little feedback. Sorry, uh, I had a little poor feedback. Yes, we can hear you now. What would you like to talk about, Ian? Oh, that's fine. What's that guy? Uh... Okay. You're on the air. What would you like to talk about? Hello? Hello. <laughs> I'm going to put Ian on hold for a minute, and maybe he will uh, realize that he's on the air. I don't know if he can't hear us or something. So I'm going to try Mike again. Mike, are you there? Mike in Colorado, going once, going twice, back on hold it is. We're not having good luck with these phone calls right now. Well, I think the phones just sort of started to pile up, and then, so now people are like, put down their phone, they're like, well, they'll get to me. Yeah. Or something. Uh, so we have Mike in Phoenix who wants to talk about police. Hi, Mike. Can you hear us? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, great. What would you like to talk about tonight? Hey, well, I I was listening on XM tonight when I turned it on. You're talking about that cop that shot a guy, the guardsman in the face in New York. Yes. And when I hear these things, my blood pressure immediately goes up. And I can only think about one thing. And I think about I think about third world countries where the kids and the families, they grow up knowing that the cops are dirty and corrupt and they'll kill you for nothing. Right. And that's basically what we're getting here in the United States. There's no more officer-friendly 
you know, dare program. Uh, if you get in trouble, go find an officer. No, I would. I would never tell. If I had kids, I would never tell them to go find a police officer if they were in trouble. Ever. I mean, we're getting to a point now. If you remember uh, when the Marines came to Iraq, all these, uh, you know, there was supposed to be the Republican Guard, which was you know, the, the baddest fighting force in the Middle East, and they were going to tear up the United States. And when the Marines came to town, they all took off their uniforms and tried to blend in because they were scared. And I can only think that eventually there will come a time that that happens in the United States, that a police officer will be a marked man. Hmm. People are tired of this, and I've brought this up on this show before many times, that Ian and Mark say, oh, it'll never get that way. Uh, violence isn't the answer, but you know what? Sometimes it is. Violence, Sometimes I, it I think really already, is. it already is the answer for some people. It's certainly not something I advocate, but I see it. I mean, we we have plenty of cop block police accountability projects going on in the Liberty, the Liberty community, and I see it all the time, and I do believe it's coming. Wait. It is coming, and this is the fact. I'm a little bit confused. The police officers in this country are outnumbered by armed citizens 1,000 to 1. Who would win that war? I don't... I think the cops have bigger guns than most people. I I think that the (laughs) cops get their, their, uh, like, all their authority, basically, that they do have from people believing that they have the authority. And it doesn't require violence against them for them to lose that legitimacy. I'd have to say I personally agree with that. I do understand what Mike is saying in that, you know, it's frustrating, it's angering, it's scary, and I I wouldn't be surprised if, like, bad stuff, violent stuff started happening. But I don't it's personally... It's going to start happening more, and I have a feeling, I don't mean to interrupt you, it's so, this phone is so choppy, I can't tell if you're talking or not, so I apologize, but it's going to be one of the it happens a few times here and there, and then it will start happening um, all the time. Nope. Yeah, there he goes. His phone dropped out. Um, yeah, I mean, I just I don't really feel comfortable advocating violence. It's not something that I think I'm personally capable of. It's not something I want to be yeah, capable of. I advocate against violence. Wait, does that make any sense? Certainly. Yeah. Okay. Certainly, you advocate peace, and I think Ian and Mark and and I certainly tend to do that as well. But I think what I'm trying to say is not that I advocate violence, it's that I just am observing it. But I'm seeing it both ways, too. Seeing the police, um, an increase in police crime against people like we talked about tonight, the gentleman with his two hands on the wheel, lifting his hands up. We had it a couple weeks ago with police shot and killed a man who, with one arm and one leg in a wheelchair who was holding a pen yeah, come on. How can how can people not react to this? And and granted, the the group of us and the people involved in this project are are typically nonviolent people. I think it's fair to say that I see the violence happening, and I think it's happening more frequently. Yeah, now. Mm-hmm. I think it's also uh, Ian and Mark talk about this. I think it's a dangerous road to go down to talking about violence in any way. I mean, it's a really good way to uh, bring negative attention. Even it, even if it's not from law enforcement or like federal agents or something like that, it just brings bad attention locally. I think that coming from a peaceful movement is really the legitimacy that we have. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's that no matter how angry our viewpoints might make you, no matter how crazy you think we might be, mm-hmm. we are nice, loving, compassionate people. You right. know, and I think that that is really important in a movement like this. I I agree. I think that you know. It's like more important for me that people who generally agree with me 
in this, you know, about liberty and, and everything that they don't seem like violent people or don't act aggressively. I won't or associate seem angry. with somebody who is violent I won't and either. angry. And I, I really don't, I don't like them being associated with, like, I don't like them being part of groups that I'm part of at all. Yeah. And well, this lack of, that's what, you know, ostracizing people is about. And while it's really common to come into contact with these like ultra aggressive people, I mean, it's like, not not in the liberty movement per se. Actually, it's more common outside of the liberty movement, I'd say. But it's like if you're going to be a libertarian and have radical views, then it's like even more important maybe. I mean, if right. someone disagrees with me, please call in. But I think it's more important for you to advocate peace above everything else. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Especially because what we're advocating essentially is self-regulation. And so I think peace is a really important part of that. Mm-hmm. I think that if, if someone comes in conclusion that violence is the answer to the state, then they have missed the point. Right. I'd have to agree. So Ian on the line in New Jersey, uh, the board op says he is all set. Ian, are you with us? Yeah. Okay. What would you like to talk about? Um, uh, two things. First, uh, there's uh, a strike in uh, California of... Uh, Walmart warehouse workers. I'm on the website of the strikers. Uh, they don't have a recognized union, which means the, the, the company does not recognize their uh, union. Uh, and it seems they originally walked out of a shift in South. Are you hearing me? Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, uh, never mind. Hello? Hello. Um, I'm, I wasn't aware that uh, Walmart... Unionized. I didn't uh, sorry, know that. My but... phone packet packaging finally harder. Okay, nope. I'm going to drop the call just because I'm hearing a lot of fuzz in there. I apologize, Ian. Give us a call back uh, some other time. Eight five five four fifty free. Uh, we have John in Georgia who wants to talk about schools. Hi, John. How are you? Wow, you guys got so much going on. It's hard to figure out where to start. I know talking. it's a busy <laughs> night. Yeah, like it to- is. Okay, so hello to all you elitist educationalists and all, I guess. <laughs> hello. Uh, our daughter uh, went to uh, private school for um, seven years, and then we pulled her out and then put her in public school, then finally pulled her out and decided to homeschool. It's, it's, it's not that uh, you do get a better education in a private school, but it's still an indoctrinated education system. I mean, history is something that the majority agrees upon. And that's what we learn in everything that she's going through. And we've watched it very, very closely. She's gone through each class, each grade, each thing that she's been learning, um, how things are so adulterated. John, if you've, um, got, so, if you've got more to add, I'd like to hold you over for the break. Uh, just hang sure. on a second more with John when we come back 855-453 if you want to chime in in the last segment this is Free Talk Live the three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are one share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site two Buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love. But make sure you give five bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. (laughs) 
This is Free Talk Live. Uh, you can call in 855-450-FREE. The phone lines are actually full right now, so you probably won't make it, but we will try to be as efficient as possible. So back to the phones and to the fun, as our fearless leader would say. We've got uh, Derek J on the line. Derek, are you with us? Derek? Hey, this is Derek J. Hi, Derek. Hey, how are you, ladies? Fabulous. So great to have awesome. you all there tonight. I know. This is great. It's like you're here with us, but you're not. Where are you? I am in an underground bunker uh, in an undisclosed location outside of the District of Criminals. Very good. And it's it's lovely here. We produce a lot of uh, libertarian media. And I, I called in to uh, talk about that and also just to say what a wonderful night to hear all you ladies. Thank I know. You. It's like we're the other side of the Brady Bunch or That's something right. going on. It's great. Well, I, I did want to let everyone know that there are some really great videos that have been coming out out of the uh, Adam Kokesh YouTube channel uh, that I've been producing. Also, Ali has written some. So people yeah. uh, listening, if you didn't know that, you need to check out some of those videos um, over at youtube.com slash Adam Kokesh. And uh, I, I love the points you guys were making earlier about not hanging out around violent people at all. It's the easiest way to keep life mellow. Yeah. I think that's true. I, I, I just think that while it's, uh, you know, it's it, it, people are going to call you out for making a big deal about violent people because that's so common. You know, people that it, uh, most people who talk about violence aren't really violent. Right. But um, it still like makes me uncomfortable. And then, uh, you know, other people just have different tolerance levels. So you just got to find out what your tolerance level is. Totally. You said uh, radical libertarians should focus on peace, Sally. I totally agree. I mean, it's it's the best message that people can focus on. <laughs> and, you know, if people are watching the cam, as I am at LRN.FM, you can see there's a big peace sign behind all of you. So it's, it's That's perfect. right. Yes, I agree. Anything else you'd like well, to add, Derek? Uh, no. Well, just want to let people know that they can follow along. Uh, if they didn't know, I recently left jail, and people can see the movie about that at victimlesscrimesfree.com. Also, follow my blog at livefreeordance.com. And it's great to talk to you with you ladies tonight. Always good to talk to you, Derek. Yes. Thanks, Derek. Thank Stay you. safe, sweetie. Ooh, I dropped him like a second early. I'm sorry about that. But we have to get back to the phones. We have Rob in Michigan who's been waiting patiently. Hi, Rob. Hi, how are you doing tonight? Great. What would you like to talk about? Um, the guy who was talking about education and calling people elitist. Right. Huh? Um, I don't think anyone's elitist, depending on where they went to school. Um, but I do think that, you know, public school versus private school, you know, is kind of like comparing apples and oranges in a way. Yeah. Really? Well, so. You know, I, I, I think it has to do a lot with um, social economics. Um, if you can afford, you know, I'm, I'm a teacher. I worked in private, and now I'm in public. Um, you know, I think the kids who go to private could excel in public um, and get a great education. Um, but I think it has to do more with the family life behind it than, you know, numbers or any of that kind of stuff. Um, if you well, just, what part research? What oh, what like what do you when you talk about education? What specifically are you talking about? Because you can learn a lot at home. You can learn a lot, you know, playing just on your own 
following what interests you. Uh, so what is education to you? What does that mean to get a good education? Well, getting a good education is just being successful in your in your path that you've chosen for yourself. Is it easier? Or which which do you think it's it's more difficult to be successful in public or private schools? I mean, obviously it depends on the student, but do you think that? Uh, I mean, I've just heard from a lot of private school kids that went to public school after the fact. I guess not a lot, but I've heard from from some people I know who've done that that public school is just a breeze compared to private school. That they were a lot more challenged than the private schools. Not always, but a lot of the time. No, and, and I think if you're a good teacher, you're going to challenge those kids who are up to it. I would agree with that. Um, and I'm not saying that there aren't really good teachers in public school, but I think that the incentive is not there as much. Because like, with tenure and things like that, you don't actually have to be good at your job. You don't have to be creative or innovative to, to, to keep your job as a teacher and it really doesn't work like that in, in any sort of private industries. I mean, if you're bad at your job, you get fired. Oh, no, I agree. I think tenure and, and unions are way too strong in public. Yeah. What do you uh, think about I, the I, fact that, like, you know, most politicians and congressmen send their kids to private, private school. schools? Yeah. You know, I don't have a problem with that. I, I think there's people who, who enjoy private. They excel in private. Um, but I, I think there's a different clientele in public. Isn't there something a little ironic about someone who gets paid for tax dollars to regulate the education of, you know, the coercive public school system for everyone else? And they use those tax dollars that they get for their salary to send their kids to the private schools. I think there's a bit of hypocrisy in there. Um, you know, I, I think that if you advocate for one, then you should support it and, and go wholeheartedly. Send your kids to what you're supporting. Mm-hmm. I think it sends a mixed signal for politicians to send their kids to private. You know, I I work in private. I think it's a great system. I work in public, and I think for the kids who go to public, that's also a great system. Well, the kids aren't really getting think... to choose most of the time. I'm sorry. What was that? The kids aren't getting to choose most of the time which school that they go to. No, they don't. Now, how does your I school think... handle truancy? Um, we have, you know, 10 days. If you miss unexcused for 10 days and you, you get a letter at 20 days and you have to deal with the truancy officer. So you don't have ID tags hooked on lanyards around around your neck and your school? No, we don't have that. Is that something you would like to see? Um, no, I think that draws negative attention to an already bad situation. Yeah, and you'd think that forcing kids to learn, I mean, forcing kids to be somewhere they don't want to be isn't going to initiate the desire to learn. No, I think learning is a powerful tool, and I think we need to teach kids, no matter what system they're in, that learning comes from experience, and you need to experience many things. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, thanks for the call, Rob. We've got lots of other calls on the lines. So we're going to try to get to you before the end of the show. We've got John in Georgia. Hi, John. Yeah. How are you? What would you like to talk about? I'm still back with you, honey. We were talking about education earlier before the break. Oh, yes, I remember. You had another point, and I accidentally hung up on you. I apologize. No, we were still sticking with the same thing. Okay, what would you like to talk about? Please Uh, go. We're picking up right where where we left off, um, right with uh, public, private, and homeschool. Mm -hmm. Okay, so where we are is 
um, if you, you you guys think you get ridiculed from going from public to private, you should go to homeschool, see how that works out for you. And the thing is that, you know, how in the world can you go to a private school because those people don't have the competency and they don't have the education to teach a private school? So then you go to a homeschool situation and it even gets greater intensified. You know, you're looking at, all the things that the uh, public sector wants to see, wants to indoctrinate children with, that they feel like that homeschool is not doing it with, and certainly feel like you know private school is not doing it with. So, but all these things, all the issues you guys have been talking about tonight, are all coming back to the lack of local and state rights. I agree. I yeah, totally know, agree. I mean, not local, I guess I a local clarify. right, a local school board being able to decide what that child should be taught, dependent on that environment and that economy that's in that child's values, morals, and education system that's proposed by the parents. And that's why the you know the founding fathers originally set things up, but now it's no way that way. It's all about national. Um, education Association, how they see things should be uh, from a federal standpoint. Right. I I like the idea of sort of neighborhood schools or, you know, something to that to that effect. Like if you're just going to basically be dropping your kids off at public schools to be babysat, I mean, it's you might as well actually take them to someone who likes kids for one thing and it's more local, and the kids could be maybe more free. Well, and, have- and they could be making friends with neighborhood kids, because yeah. that's one of the huge arguments for public schools is the socialization, supposedly. Right, but then there's so much bullying involved because of the coerce- coercion factor, right. you know, because you've got kids that are forced to associate with people who they wouldn't otherwise. Um, I mean, that's Not to mention the, the extreme amount of peer pressure that's going on, you know, from that mass group of all these economic diversities that are yeah. going on. Just a messed up situation. There. I'm sorry about all of the phone calls that we didn't get to for tonight. Uh, you can call us back tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. That's all the time we have for tonight. Uh, please call us back. It's been Julia here with you. Nemi. And Allie. Thanks, FreeTalkLive.com. I've been told no in many different ways. I give you an order and you're going to obey it. Who told you you can You can do that and you have to leave here. You cannot bring Simon to the rally. Walk with me. Well, I'm, I'm, no, I'm comfortable me. here, actually. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, 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 hey. Who do you think you Excuse are? me. There is no video or audio allowed in this office. No, I have work today. This is you ain't going to make Wait, no, now. Wait a minute. Hey! Oh my god! Bureaucrats have a funny way of telling people no. That's the sound of the men working on the chain. Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. Available now free in HD. See it now at victimlesscrimespree.com.